Hello, what's up, musers? Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is with Miss Layla Martin. One of my recent obsessions is plain and simple Layla. She is an extraordinaire and she addresses a topic that I don't address very much on the show, and that is sexuality and shame and female pleasure and all of those really fun things to talk about. Kind of awkward, but really fun. Um, So I've been watching Layla Martin recently on her YouTube channel doing all these videos about um, how to just have better pleasure as a female. And it really spiked my curiosity and I thought, hey, this is pretty cool. Maybe this is something that would be pretty important to address for people like myself that struggle with seeing food as pleasure. For some crazy reason, in our society, we kind of shun away from pleasure, especially as women. Men do too. I'm not saying that they don't. But I think there's more shame in women enjoying pleasure um, when it comes to sexuality. And I think men deal with the shame being shamed by desiring it. So that's what I have to say about that. But Layla has a lot more insight on it, of course. She is the next generation sexuality and female orgasm expert. Her work has been featured in the Huffington Post, Refinery29, and Women's Health Magazine. She uses simple yet powerful tools to explode your levels of pleasure and self-love in the bedroom. You can get her book, Wild Woman in the Bedroom, Break Through of Insecurities, and have all the pleasure you deserve as a gift on her website, laylamartin.com. So a little heads up here, this episode might be one you want to listen to with earbuds on. If you have kids around or um, little ones, just pop in some head um, headphones or whatever makes you feel most comfortable. I think that um, this podcast episode needed to be recorded for, for so many reasons, but I just know someone out there is struggling with these issues. And I open up about some stuff, and I'm not going to say this was the easiest podcast for me to record First of all, because I was like excited, nervous to talk to Layla because I've been watching her videos on YouTube for quite a while now obsessively. So she's one of those guests where I was just getting a little bit nervous to talk to you because I wanted to ask all the right questions and I didn't want to like sound goofy or ignorant or whatever. But hey, that's what a podcast is all about. It's about opening up, being vulnerable, showing that you don't have all the answers, but you're curious and learning. And that's certainly what this episode was. Um, A little side note, I'm not advocating anything in this podcast episode so if you're gonna say I can't believe you're advocating this and that blah blah I am educating and I am helping people release shame in their lives that they're holding on to that is my goal with this episode so with that said if you're going into this episode knowing this is about sexuality and shame and that's not your cup of tea you are more than welcome to skip this episode you know yourself better than anyone, so if it doesn't sit right with you, maybe don't listen to this one. That's so totally fine. But if you're curious, you're interested, you're open, and you want to dive deeper into your own pleasure and learn from someone who is the best in this arena, this is the this is the place to be, for sure. So this episode is brought to you by Body Freedom, the program for ending any diet and exercise obsession so you can finally experience life without rules, restrictions, and limits. Check that out at maddiemoon.com slash BF. See what's inside of the program, the course for four weeks, all the goodies you get. 
sign up if you'd like to be um, coached through me via email with the program because I send you some emails during it and there's a workbook and you get to join a support group with um, at least 100 other amazing, incredible people. So check that out. Lastly, I would like to mention that, well, not lastly, I've got a couple more things, but first of all, one of the things that I've wanted all of my life, always thinking about keeping the back of my mind, it finally happened. I got published in the Huffington Post. That is something I am so entirely grateful and excited about. Um, I sent out the link to that in my last newsletter last Wednesday. Hopefully you've read it. If you haven't yet, then just search for top five ways to get a sick pack on Huffington Post and you can read it. It's satirical. So it's definitely out of my normal kind of writing, but it was fun and it kind of just was flowy for me to write. I want to thank the two patrons of the week and those are Katie P and Elena. And Elena is on Instagram at, uh, Favia, F-A-V-E-A. So check her out. She's a great supporter of the podcast. Um, Thank you so much, Katie, as well. You girls are amazing, and you have helped this show more than you know. Uh, Last but not least is the review of the week. Um, So this is a five-star from June of this year, and it's Lauren Jean, the mama coach. The mama's coach, yes. Um, she says, only listen to two shows and I'm hooked. <laughs> Thanks so much for the show. Great make you think topics. Can't wait for more. Hopefully by now she has listened to a few more of the episodes and I know she was in my body for your program. So it's really awesome to see the reviews and then to see people join the program and to leave comments on my blog post. It just, it feels like a community and that to me, that to me is just the best gift of all is to feel like I'm, I have a community too. You know, you guys are watching my stuff and following my work but I know your names and I follow what you're putting out into the world and I definitely take note and I I definitely do respond to every email I get Um, at this point I can do that which is pretty awesome so thank you everyone that has been supporting the podcast I hope you enjoy this episode and that you can listen to it um, shame free or judgment free just be kind to yourself as you listen to this show um, be kind to uh, Layla and the the amazing work she's doing in this world and how she's helping so many people. And without further ado, let's go head on over to this exciting podcast. Welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast, the show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon, a former fitness model gone sane and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more insight on how to stop food and exercise from controlling your life, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show. I'm really good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm so good. And I'm really excited to talk to you. Okay, fabulous. 
I've been fascinated with your work. I've been watching all of your YouTube shows and they're so entertaining and they're so well-rounded. You have so much information on them. So I'm just gushing over you right now. But yeah, I love meeting people and connecting uh, with people that are really just like killing it in their space. Oh, thank you. Wow. (laughs) That's lovely to hear. I thought I really resonated with your work as well. Like I don't say yes to very many interviews anymore, but I checked out your website and what you were up to. And I was like, this woman's like, she's powerful and she knows what's up. So like, I'm going to do this interview. Oh, (laughs) thank you so much. That's so awesome. Yeah. You are a um, female orgasm expert, which I think is just the coolest title ever. And um, I have a lot of questions for you, but first of all, I think it would be best if we just uh, went over how you got to where you are today. What brought you to have this passion and purpose in the world? Uh, Yeah. So I was, I always just really was fascinated by sex. And I had this strange idea that like, there was a lot of information missing. Like I did, uh, I studied human sexuality at Stanford and I did um, a lot of my extracurricular studying at the Center for Sex and Culture. And sex always had this kind of, it was like this rebellious vibe to it, like embracing sex toys and BDSM. And it was really like kind of intense. And I thought that was beautiful. But there was something about like the true power of sex that I felt like people hadn't fully grasped yet. So I went to Asia, as you do, and spent seven years working with Tantra teachers there. And that's where I really felt in my body this like sex was so much more than just an actual act. It was like a whole experience that could actually transport you into just huge realms. And I felt it was a missing piece for a lot of our Western lifestyle that we've had this huge diet revolution um, where we realize that what you eat doesn't just affect, you know, your digestive system. It affects your mood and your emotions and so much about your life and how you feel um, and how, you know, your long-term health. And I felt like sex is the same way, except we're still on like a sexual diet from the 1950s. So I really had this experience of how I felt my sexuality in Asia of, wow, like we have so much evolution to do to just really have holistic sexuality in our lives. I'm really curious about that time in Asia when you were learning this. Do you, I doubt that it's like sitting around studying books. Um, What are some of the things that you did to like open yourself up to this and really have those moments of clarity and passion with this? Can you share some of that? I drank my pee for a while, but that didn't teach me that much. No. (laughs) At 4 a.m., 4 a.m. for six weeks straight, I tried everything. I tried every yoga crazy standing on my head for 30 minutes a day. I had wild teachers that are like banned from various countries for being so intense. Um, But the heart of it was like a really (laughs) devoted practice. So I I did about six hours of yogic practice or meditation a day um, for several years. But I, but I really, um, it was working with sexual energy. So when people do, yoga a lot in the west it's like um it's like a love and light kind of experience but you know the in traditional yoga you could have like a rip roaring orgasm as you were in i don't know shoulder stand or whatever and that would be totally normal but we've kind of got this idea of yoga being this very 
clean, very pristine practice. So a lot of the yoga practice that I was doing was quite expansive, like bursting into laughter and letting my body be very organic. And I realized that that expression in yoga is the same way that we would express ourselves in sex if we had, if we weren't kind of repressing our bodies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so opening up a little bit about, so you know what I am all about that, you know, no more obsessive dieting or exercise addiction, but I feel like one of the things that I have kind of um, shied away from myself is the whole um, exploring sexuality in myself and just like allowing myself to have it and like appreciate it and be okay with it because of that, probably that shame factor. And, you know, on top of that, in my household, we didn't really talk about, you know, it was always whenever sex was, you know, come up, the conversation would be to wait. And that's all I ever learned was just wait. I never learned about how it's like really a beautiful thing because, you know, you didn't want to promote it too much because then you might go and do it. And like I was raised that way and those were the kind of friends I had. So it was like so secretive, never talked about. And then I feel like somewhere in between that time and when I had my first serious boyfriend, it was just like, I didn't understand what was really going on or like how much I was allowed to enjoy it. And this could be, I mean, I'm sure this is very controversial, especially when you're putting this out there, people are probably coming at you and saying, that's not right. Don't talk about this, which I would like to talk about how you handle that kind of rejection. But, um, aside from that for now, I'm just curious how people learn to let go of their stories and that shame of like, I'm doing this act outside of the boundaries I was, I thought I could do it in, you know, and allowing themselves to not have shame for that, but to actually feel that they are worthy and deserve to have that for themselves and enjoy it. Right, right. I mean, it's an amazing, it's an amazing point you're making and an amazing question, which is that, that shame, pretty much everyone's internalized it. It's very, very rare to find someone who was raised in a family where they were taught, you know, your body is beautiful and sexuality is beautiful and pleasure is beautiful and just use it in a healthy way. Like almost nobody got that message. <laughs> so that that repression and that shame, the thing about it is it, it doesn't just show up in the mind you can, and, or as an emotion. It actually creates tension inside the body. So because there's so much chronic tension inside of us and people don't even realize it we just think it's normal it actually cuts it short circuits our sexual capacity and our sexual pleasure so so many of the issues that you get where people think oh you know marriage just die or sex just dies in a long-term marriage or you know women struggle to orgasm or you know uh, there's all kinds of stuff that people think are normal or women just can't feel anything down there um, that actually is shame showing up in your body and so the way to, to heal that over time is to do, it's sort of, to me, it's like a lifestyle practice. It's just like you would do yoga every day if you wanted to become more aware, more present inside your body. It's like doing sexual things, um, just having awareness. I have a whole process that I've developed around this um, breathing, releasing, where you actually take that shame pattern that's showing up as, as tension and fear and, and help it to release and relax. And you'll feel the shame as it comes out. Once it comes out, your body actually becomes much more alive, much more vibrant. It's amazing. Are there certain places in your body where you generally hold it, the shame, the most? Yeah. So one of the reasons that women experience pain during sex a lot, um, even in the cervix, 
or uh, in the G-spot or they have a hard time, like it, it feels painful or uncomfortable, a lot of that is, is shame tension um, or judgment around their sexuality or judgment around their body. Um, sometimes it shows up, so it can show up as pain. It also shows up as numbness and it literally shows up in the walls of the vagina. It literally shows up in, um, the belly or in the breasts as like a feel, I just don't feel anything. Or like, you know, if you think a lot during sex, if you like can't just be present in your body and you're worried and you're thinking all the time and you're really distracted, that's showing that you're actually have a lot of shame inside your body that you aren't feeling. And so as a result, you're just thinking to kind of not have to feel it. That is so me. It's like scary how much of me that is. And for the longest time, I was just, well, not the longest time, but for for quite a while, I would be like, you know, that's normal. I'll just never be able to experience that kind of pleasure. Like, that's just how I am. Um, I have to focus on other things in life. I'm, I know I'm doing this like outside of marriage, like it's just not right. And all those thoughts would come into my head. And I'd, I kind of know or knew in the back of my mind, like, I'm doing this to myself. Like I am keeping myself in this place of shame where I, I'm convincing myself that G, the G spot isn't even, it doesn't even exist in me because it just, it's never happened. It doesn't exist in me. And so it's, you know, taking a step back, it's really obvious that I'm carrying around a story and like this baggage and I haven't been able even now really to let it go as much as I'd like to. I definitely made progress, but it's still, um, that, that those thoughts, like your mind is just constantly running around during it. And it's truly amazing when you can finally open up your mind. But, um, especially for people that carry around that shame with dieting, in my experience, they also very typically carry it around with that, with sexuality, with their partner and feeling just unworthy with them. Um, are there any kinds of solo exercises like to really just, before you approach your partner and say like, I'm ready to take this full on with you. Like you can do it with yourself, just like opening up your own mind and releasing the shame, you know, by yourself. Totally. Um, so a really basic thing to do that's really easy that I can share with you. I just call it pussy breathing and it's just a gentle, like breathing with an open mouth in and out for, you know, you can put on like a sexy piece of music for like seven to eight minutes and don't pause between your inhale and your exhale. So just full deep inhale, full deep exhale, keep going, inhale, exhale like that. And just breathe fully into your vagina and get a sense of do you feel love? Do you feel appreciation? Do you feel celebration? Or do you feel nothing? Do you feel disconnected? Do you feel ashamed? And if you catch yourself feeling nothing or ashamed, or like you can't even have awareness down there, then this practice can really help you build that. And you can start to exhale the shame, exhale the numbness, exhale whatever is, is, not, is uncomfortable down there. And inhale, whatever it is, celebration, affirmation, yes, life, pleasure. Um, just even a regular practice of that, even every other day can make a huge difference. Mm, that's amazing. I love that idea. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to try that myself just because I like those kind of practices where you can just do something simple instead of like approaching something huge and scary and like makes you want to run away. And it's like something that's comfortable for you. It's um, or uncomfortable, but in a safe space. Um, Absolutely. So I guess my next question would be about low libido, because if you have metabolic damage or if you've been, you know, obsessively dieting and you have anorexia or orthorexia or bulimia, 
a lot of times the first thing to go is just the ability to to menstruate and with that goes low libido um so for the people that are building their metabolism back up eating warming foods starting to have more compassion towards themselves and want to be able to build up their libido again um, and maybe they don't have necessarily the shame factor as much as other people like myself. Um, what can, do you have any recommendations for them and like how you can deal with low libido? Yeah. So what I found, cause you're, you're kind of asking it in relation to people who, who have struggled with eating, right. And struggled with diet. Yeah. Um, I've really found, uh, a big thing is that people who have trouble, like a, a difficult relationship with food, they have a difficult relationship with desire, period, and their appetite, period. So whether it's their appetite for food or their appetite for life or their appetite for sex, there's like this, um, it's like they, ha- they don't have a very healthy relationship, full stop. So I would say one of the things to, to rebuild that, that sexuality is to start having an affirming relationship to sex as being something that's nourishing and an affirming relationship to food as something that's nourishing. Because the thing is with um, the kind of broken relationship to food, it can also show up as a broken relationship to sex, like binging on sexuality or having sex with people that aren't really good for you or having sex and then feeling really bad about yourself. It's like the same thing you can eat, but you don't feel good about eating. You don't taste the food. You're not really like feeling nourishment from the food. So it's a switching of a mindset of sex being something that fills you up from the inside out, that is healing for your body, that's nourishing for your body. So sexual energy actually gives women a feeling of true fullness. I find a lot of compulsive eaters or women who really battle with food, they don't allow themselves to feel sexual and safe in being sexy. And so they push their sexuality away. They push their sexuality down. And then their body isn't getting this amazing inner nourishment of just like turn on to life. And so it turns to foods instead in a kind of a compulsive way. So it's a big cycle that takes healing, but that awareness and that mind shift can be really valuable. Isn't it so interesting just how many of us just want to rebel against pleasure? Like, where does this come from? It comes from thousands of years of somebody getting a really crazy idea that somehow pleasure and God were separate. (laughs) I don't know why. Yeah, it's fascinating. And it's just when you become aware of it, and I'm sure you are so aware of this, I'm starting to become more aware of it. I definitely am with the diet culture because I'm like really focused on it. But now that I'm starting to get a little bit more interested in this, you know, I'm noticing I'm noticing just a lot of patterns as well, just how it's not encouraged in a healthy way. It's either like extreme to this way or extreme to this way. And just that healthy balance of what works for you, find what your body likes, what works for your body, like something that makes you happy, like the same things you say with food and dieting and like exercise or movement can be applied to sex, like the exact same thing. Exactly. And the thing that's really limiting is women get very, very defined by their sexuality. So how like who you are as a sexual being defines who you are in life, which is a really outdated thing that we just need to throw away. But it's like, you're either a virgin or you're a whore or you're a really good girl or you're a really bad girl. It's like what you do with your sex has like 
everything to do with you. And so it's getting out of that mindset to your sexuality is for you. Like it's this beautiful force that's for you to enjoy, for you to revel in, for you to like celebrate. And it doesn't even have to be about having sex with anyone else. It's just an aliveness inside of your body. And that to me is this balanced, healthy, natural way of relating to sex, which, yeah, it sounds very much to how you've come to um, relate to diet and food. Right, exactly. And I love what you said about the virgin and the whore thing, because there is not much middle ground, especially when I'm thinking back to high school and just being in that really vulnerable age where, you know, people wanted the virgin girls, like they wanted the virgin girls, stay a virgin, stay a virgin. It's like all you have, it's the most important thing ever. And then you have sex with someone and then the rumor starts and it's like, oh, she's a slut. And where do you ever hear that about guys? Like it's very much, I'm sure it is, you know, in in relations to men, it is something that is talked about as well in those kind of terms, but not as much as females. Am I, is that correct? Yeah, well, there's a difference in the way that like the genders get shamed. So in general, women get shamed for their pleasure. So when a woman's in like the throes of pleasure, it's considered, you know, it can be judged as like grotesque or yeah, or she's a slut or anything like that. So women tend to shut down their pleasure, whereas men actually get very um, judged for their desires because men have like strong sexual desire and we tend to judge that in our culture as being dangerous or threatening or something that can like hurt and damage a woman rather than celebrating their desire and showing them really healthy embodied ways to relate to their desire it's the same thing with women in pleasure Mm, that makes so much sense Going back to the G-spot, I would like to discuss the jade egg because you introduced me to this. I think it's fascinating, and I want everyone to know about the jade egg. (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) So the jade egg, um, this was a practice that was developed in China. So most people know what Tantra is or have heard of it. And so there was an entire practice of basically Tantra in China um, that's called Taoism. And so what happened was um, they wanted a way for women to stay really healthy, really youthful, really sexy, really alive um, for their whole lives. And so they developed a whole series of practices that were just for women to feel amazing inside their bodies. It seems like crazy that we don't have a corollary in the West today. And one of the big pieces of this was a jade egg that you put up inside your vagina and you do a whole lot of different practices with it. It's like yoga for your vagina basically. So just like doing yoga and stretching and doing different poses, you work with energy and sound inside your body and it produces these kind of amazing effects. It's the same thing with this jade egg in the vagina. You do all sorts of different activities and it not only opens up an amazing storehouse of energy, but it really helps with addressing low libido. Like it really wakes up passion in women. Um, It really sensitizes your entire vagina. So if you're having that guilt or that shame that's built up, that tension that's built up in the vagina, then doing a regular jade egg practice actually helps you to relax, release, and just like it's like a reset of your sexuality to be more natural and more organic. Wow, that is so fascinating. I love this so much. Um, What is the difference between a jade egg and Kegels? So Kegels in general. So Kegels were developed to prevent urinary incontinence. So the guy who developed Kegels was looking to help women not pee themselves, right, when they're not supposed to be peeing, which is 
really amazing work to be done, but it wasn't designed to actually help women be fully orgasmic and fully alive. Now, the reason a Kegel works is because the strength of your pelvic floor, the strength of your vagina muscles um, has been scientifically correlated with the strength and the length of your orgasms. So yes, having stronger vaginal muscles means better orgasms, a better sex life. But Kegels are kind of like a hack job way to get there. And in fact, doing too many Kegels because they only focus on strengthening can actually give you an overtight vagina, which can be a problem too. Like women who have done too many Kegels have health problems and they're actually not full of sexuality and life. The jade egg is an entire system that's been developed for literally thousands of years that is very nuanced. So, you know, you squeeze the left side of your vagina, the right side of your vagina, the front, the back, the deep part. You actually learn to isolate all the different aspects of your vagina and you use um, your sexual energy to open up different pathways in your body. So you can use your sexuality to create more love, more creativity. It's like a full body holistic practice that does strengthen your vagina muscles, but just as important, it teaches you to relax because having a relaxed vaginal muscle is super important because orgasm is a contraction of the vaginal muscles. So if your vaginal muscles are already too tight and too contracted, you can't actually orgasm that much. Your muscles don't have any Anywhere to go. When they're deeply relaxed, you can actually get a big contraction and that creates a stronger orgasm. I find that the more I focus on relaxing, the better. Because for me, I've always been like, okay, I have to have my left leg like this, my right leg like this, and like control freak. Like even when it comes to this, it's like I had to control certain things in my life and then I transferred that over to this. And it's like I have to control the direction my body is because if my body isn't twisted in this direction and I'm not thinking real hard about a circle and a dot and a square, then like I won't get this, this orgasm won't come. And... <laughs> <laughs> and I, this is something I'm starting to break down just in the past couple months. Like, cause I was thinking, you know, it's, I'm, it's no better to channel my obsessive nature from one area of my life. You know, yes, I, I worked through it. I overcame, it was beautiful, but what happens when that gets transferred over to another area of life? And then it's, it, you realize you're not completely set free because you've just transferred that. And so now I'm like, okay, well now I got to look at this. How am I using those same, um, coping mechanisms I used in my weight and my food on, on this other beautiful thing about life that's full of pleasure. I'm doing it again. So it's like learning to open my mind and allow the possibilities of relaxing and not having to have my legs a certain way or like look at the ceiling a certain way and like really focus on connecting with my partner. Absolutely. And getting that the, the essence of orgasm in a woman is beyond any technique or tool. Like we can get really fixated on certain techniques or tools to feel like we're somehow in control. But the force of orgasm can be so overwhelming and powerful and beautiful that it like takes you straight into your wild nature. And I feel like that kind of wanting to control is a, it, on some level, it's a deep fear of your wildness, which is, yeah, you were born that way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I I just watched your video on um, uh, vibrators and like how they can, you know, not be used for the good, but like the dangers, not dangers, you know, what, what's the word for it? Like, 
It's like you can get addicted to your vibrator. Yeah. So then you can't orgasm just with your partner or with yourself. You always have to have the vibrator. Yeah, I'm going to really, I'm going to have the link to that in the show notes for this because I thought that was a really, really awesome video. Really insightful and useful just because um, that's, I mean, I'm, I feel like that's pretty common. People thinking that they have to have that in order to have an orgasm, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's very common. How did you come up with those different points and like how to avoid those pitfalls of a vibrator? (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's a very, so yeah, that that time I spent in Asia really like gave me a deep (laughs) understanding all that time and like literally in the jungle sometimes um, (laughs) helped me to understand like how human sexuality works. And we tend to think that sex is like the right tool or the right person, but sex happens in your brain. And the human brain is incredibly plastic. It can, it, it can morph and change and, and it has infinite possibilities. And so if you can understand that, you know, doing the same thing sexually over and over again, even if you self-pleasure the same way, like with your legs closed super tight, like clenching your legs together, your body's going to get used to only being able to orgasm that way. If you change it up, your brain basically has to learn how to orgasm in different ways. And sex is a learning curve. It's like any skill. It takes um, you know, time and attention and you have to know what you're doing and you can develop these amazing sexual skills. Um, but there it's, it's like a deep understanding of how the human body works sexually. Mm, okay. That brings up another point that I want to ask you about. So with your partner and the, um, like I, people really tend to, um, what, what am I, what, be influenced by their partner's emotions. So mm-hmm. if, if your partner feels really stressed out during sex, like I, I, I want to make this really good, like anxious, like I have to make sure that you're enjoying it and that I'm enjoying it. And then you feed off of that emotion. Is that typically a problem that you see sometimes like one partner being just really stressed and wanting to make it perfect. And like, you know, you're, you're used to orgasming in, in a certain spot and you want to change it up, but it's not happening and you get frustrated about it. How do you let that go? Yeah. Um, something that can be really helpful. There's two things I want to say this. One is to just express what you're feeling in your body. This can be a huge step for some people, but when people are uncomfortable during sex or they're frustrated during sex, the kind of go-to thing is hide it or change it or fix it instead of, oh my God, I'm really uncomfortable and frustrated right now. And like expressing that frustration or expressing that discomfort, it can kind of break this Um, it it breaks open the moment, which is what you want in sex. You want it to feel real and fresh and alive, not like the two of you are kind of like trying to like make something happen and hide it deep down inside. You get to be really real and fresh. The other thing I would suggest is to um, pregame, I call it pregaming, where you do do rituals or experiences or practices before sex. So you could do eye gazing. You could give each other massages. You could blindfold each other and feed each other strawberries. You could, you know, there's different ways to, if you, if your partner's like a stressed out person or they're really angry, there's different things you can do before sex that helps them get out of that stress and anger so that you can meet in a much more relaxed intimacy. Yeah. It's like the, the phrase it's in the journey, not the destination. So you want to enjoy it from start to stop. It's not like you just want to achieve that one moment of orgasmness and then you're done. Like you want to have it, that build up to enjoy it and fully allow yourself to just have fun with it for as long as you need. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. So you're just one of those people I just have a million questions for. Like, I'm sorry. I'm just like spewing things out at you. <laughs> That's um, amazing. One thing that I, okay. So do you know who uh, Carly uh, Gross is? Carly Morgan Gross? Um, I think I've heard of her, but not really. So she introduced me to you. Um, okay. I, sh- she is, I think she's doing your, your masterclass uh-huh. and she is one of my amazing friends. Her name is culinary karma you you'll you'll probably recognize her because she's always like coming or stuff but I talk to her about this sometimes I just open up to her and I ask her questions and she reminded me of something that you had said of just fully allowing the time that you spend with your partner to just go on for as long as it needs to go like not Mm. putting a mental time limit on it not saying this needs to happen within five minutes or he's going to get frustrated but mentally giving him permission to go as long as you know he wants you know pleasure you as long as he wants as you want and just allowing that to happen I think that's such a huge and important thing to point out especially for people who just feel that guilt and shame because it's like feeling shameful for going longer than what you would think is quote normal and that that transformation of just allowing yourself the time. Right. Absolutely. And also the shift in mindset. I think like pornographic culture has kind of made it seem like a woman's responsibility is to perform. Like you're supposed to perform and do things on time and your body is there to like achieve an orgasm so that your partner can feel like a stud, which is really twisted and super unhealthy and leads to really unsatisfying sex for women. So the mind shift is back to like, it is their blessing to be in the presence of you while you're experiencing pleasure, any kind of pleasure, while you are opening your body, while you are feeling just the experience of you as a sexual being is a massive blessing for anyone to encounter. So what are you rushing towards? You know, like where, where's this push or, you know, where's the, where's the feeling that, oh, if I'm not having like a firework orgasm, I'm not good enough. No, like, you're like you are absolutely good enough in all stages of your sexuality and really being able to rest in that it's a journey you know it's even for me to embrace that fully like it takes time and it takes a really knowing your worth as a sexual woman I think that goes back to what you were saying about female pleasure being you know something that has been shamed just like women being in ecstasy and I think that's probably why sometimes we tend to want to you know, have an orgasm for our partner to, you know, be proud of himself or like just have it so that it's done. Like it's something that you did instead of just enjoying it for you just as much as you're enjoying it, that it's making him or her happy. Right. And also getting out of the idea that sex has to be formulaic, you know, like there's this, idea that sex must always look, you know, like Hollywood, like it's just passionate from start to finish and it has an amazing orgasmic ending and everybody's really happy. But like some of the best sex is like art. It has different flavors of emotions. It has different things going on. Like you don't just have to be feeling pleasure from start to finish. You can feel anger. You can feel sadness. You can feel discomfort. And then you can feel epic pleasure. Like all sorts of different things can come into play in really great sex. And also sex that feels, there's a difference between sex that just has an orgasm at the end of it and sex where you feel vulnerable and seen and like there's a soul-to-soul connection. That's what everybody's craving deep down inside. Even men, even though we can get this idea that they don't crave that, they're really fed by that too. And one of the ways to get to that level of depth is to be truly intimate 
during sex, which means to feel what you're feeling and express what's really going on inside. And that, like, even whether you have an orgasm or not, you feel met on a level that matters. Right. And biologically speaking, your brains, don't they swell when whenever you bond with someone like that? <laughs> I don't actually know if they swell or not. That sounds concerning. <laughs> oh, my God. For so, okay, I seriously think that I probably, okay, I probably messed that up somehow, but um, there is a book called, okay, I feel like such a goofball, but there's a book called Sex on the Brain, and oh, okay, I talk, yeah. my boyfriend was telling me about it, and he said, he said, okay, he said this, so I'm going to pin it on him, but he's talking about how, like, your brain, whenever you do that with someone, in some way, maybe, maybe he meant they light up, <laughs> I don't know. They do light up. They maybe it's that up. instead of... <laughs> Yeah, if you look at the MRIs of a brain, especially a woman's brain, an orgasm, it's like lit up like a Christmas tree. Like there's the like every neuron fires. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna check out that book. Sex on the brain sounds. Yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Check that out. Um, yeah, I need to read it too and make sure that I say that right next time. Um, <laughs> well, that could be the brains could actually swell. I don't know. I haven't read that book, so maybe you're on to something. <laughs> okay. Um, the next thing that I want to talk about is aphrodisiacs. Uh huh. Which ones would you recommend for beginners with that and why? Okay. So scientifically, there's nothing that will like switch on your libido that you can eat, for instance, an aphrodisiac that you, that's a food um, that's like, you know, going to work 100% every time. Uh, the, I really think for that, like a long-term jade egg practice is the absolute best thing that you can do. But if you want to like spice things up and feel a little bit better, there's lots of organic herbs that are amazing. So there's um, organic rhodiola. So that's an MAOI reuptake inhibitor. So it kind of acts as like a very mild natural ecstasy on your brain. It makes your um, body feel more sensational. It kind of makes you feel sensitive and and it makes um, experiences a little bit more vibrant. Totally naturally, you can order it online. Um, it's a root that comes uh, from Tibet usually, but from all over the world. I love that one. Damiana is also really great. Um, it grows in Mexico and, and parts of the Southwest. And you can make it as a tea. And it really relaxes the body. It's used to put women into kind of like a dreamy state, like a very light dreamy state. But if you're someone who gets really stressed out during sex or like you have like really busy days and it's hard to switch into sensuality, then Damiana can be really, really excellent for that. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. When I watched your, your video on that, I was, I was taking notes about it. And I think that the second one, um, would probably be really helpful just for people with that mental chatter going on. Absolutely. Cool. Well, um, before we go to the quick fire round, is there anything else that you would like to share with my audience about this extremely important topic and where we can find you? Just that the, the sense of fear and nervousness and, and shame around doing sexual work or working on your sexuality, like pretty much everyone feels that. So don't feel like just if you experience that, that it means that you can't do it or you shouldn't do it. It's very, very common. But that actually having a healthy, holistic connection to your sexuality where you just feel good about it, it's like it really has a massive impact on your whole entire life. It creates so much just natural happiness when you let go of those little repressions and just let it flow in a really, really natural way. Um, you can check me out at laylamartin.com. So that's L-A-Y-L-A. -A. Um, and yeah, just like Maddie's been sharing, I do videos every single week. So you can definitely check those out. Yes, and they're fantastic. 
literally, okay, literally, they're my favorite. It's my favorite channel. It really is. I've been, I've been Snapchatting it whenever I'm watching it. I'm like, hey, guys, look what I'm watching. Blah, blah, blah. Telling my friends about it. You're going to love our video this week. Thank you so much for that. Um, my boyfriend's just doing the graphics for it right now. So, like, you definitely have to check it out because we've been cracking up about the graphics all morning. Okay. I definitely will, and I will share it. I promise. Okay. Um, so, here is the quick fire round. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So... What does body freedom mean to you? That's the name of, of my program. Um, but what, what comes to mind first when you hear body freedom? What does that mean? Fully honoring and allowing all of your authentic impulses from your body. Oh, that's so beautiful. Um, what is the current book that you're loving or reading? Uh, there's a book called Breasts that I really love right now. That's all about the inner world of the breasts. Who is your biggest inspiration, dead or alive? inspiration um the ascended tantric masters (laughs) (laughs) Uh, can you share a good quote with us a good quote um believing in your worth and really believing that you deserve pleasure fills your body up in a way that just makes life totally magical and meaningful. Mm, That's beautiful. Um, Future dreams you are working towards. Uh, I want to create sexual abuse centers all over the United States and other places. So places that are designated centers that women can go to heal and integrate um, rape and sexual trauma. I also want to build a dedicated like uh, tantric and sexual awakening center, probably somewhere awesome like Costa Rica. Favorite way to de-stress? Uh, Jade Egg. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Um, country you have visited and loved or want to visit? Mm, I love Ubud in Bali. Ooh. I've never been there. I've actually never been outside of the U.S. besides Canada. Oh, you seem like such a natural travel adventure. Oh, thank you. I, I hope to. That's something that I've like – it's something that I've been wanting to do – more than anything recently i'm really starting to make plans the first place i want to go to is thailand oh yeah thailand's really awesome well you can write me i'll give you my my thailand travel tip oh yeah awesome i lived there on and off for like 10 years so wow that's amazing um what is the change you want to see in the world i want to see women like in the full expression of their true authentic sexual power and for men as well to be really grounded in their authentic warrior masculinity what would your last meal be uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, a delicious smoothie of some sort probably with like acai and blueberries oh i had that this morning yeah and then lastly what is one resource either a product person song movie supplement anything that you want uh, my listeners to know about um i guess try the rhodiola and the damiana it's pretty good yeah and i'll have the those names because i know those are kind of tricky names i'll have those on the show notes for this so everyone can check them out and just Layla, thank you so much for joining us on the show. This was a blast and I, I really am excited about putting this out into the world and I know that I'm going to have to have you back sometime to share some more. Awesome. You're so very welcome. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye.